by yourself, and your partner's gone for the day. And he's from Massachusetts, and I'm from New York. Well, it's another time right now here on Tuesday to start WTBR Sports Talk. So let's go. Give us a call at 413-445-4234. Here we go. Come on. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker going solo today. And my partner in crime, Sean Cronin, is out. So uh, hopefully he'll give us a call. 413-442-4234 is the number to call. Well, I had a pretty interesting weekend, I guess. Uh, you know, watched a few games and stuff. And now uh, we are on the precipice of the World Series tonight with the Atlanta Braves, the upstart Atlanta Braves who have been so clutch. I mean, this was a team that was... What, in second place, third place, having trouble, and then they go out and, you know, they get their two best players injured, and they go out and get Jock Peterson, and they go out and get, uh, you know, um, Eddie Rosario from Minnesota, and they bring out, you know, the best in, in this whole team, and uh, they've just been on a roll, kind of like Washington a few years ago when the, you know, Nats were so bad, and they almost wanted to fire Dave Martinez, and and Brian Sticker's done a great job, and they have some you know, really good young pitchers, including Ian Anderson. I guess they must have recruited him from Jethro Tull. I mean, their parents must have had a sense of humor when they named him Ian Anderson. But uh, World Series opens tonight in Houston, and, uh, of course, the Astros had a tremendous year and a great run and uh, you know, took care of the Red Sox after the Red Sox had really just bashed them for a whole bunch of runs. And uh, the adjustments by Houston, whether it was a pitching adjustment or batting adjustment, whatever it was, the Red Sox really went into a tailspin as far as their offense goes. They were pitching Kiki Hernandez inside and some of these young pitchers. And that's why I wonder sometimes with Brian Cashman and the Yankees, what are they doing wrong? Because you see all these young players, whether it's Tucker, whether it's John, you know, um, Alvarez, any of these kids that they have, or any of these young pitchers that they have, or any of these bullpen uh, guys that they have. Now, obviously, Presley is a you know a relief uh, pitcher that's been there for a while through the championship years, and the, this team has been unbelievable. I mean, I you know I can't stand them. Obviously, the cheating and everything, but I'd be happy to uh, you know to see uh, a guy like Dusty Baker win finally. But I, I'm not rooting for the Astros, so I am rooting for the Braves. But the Braves have just been unbelievable with Austin Riley, the young third baseman, and they've been terrific. So. 
It's uh, it's going to be an interesting World Series tonight as far as the Red Sox go. Red Sox fans, let me tell you something. This team gave you everything they had. You know, they weren't even expected to make uh, the playoffs, let alone go to the sixth game of the championship series. So next year, you got guys coming back. Now, whether they sign Erod again, I think Erod's a free agent. I think they're probably let Adam Adovito go. They're paying him $7 million a year, and I think they'll probably get rid of him after after Tucker hits the home run. I think it's so long Adam Adovito, and I was pretty happy that Adam Adovito left the Yankees, I mean, be honest with you. And uh, so uh, I was leaving him to the Red Sox to, to have fans to have problems with him. So when you look at the rest of the team, I mean, you got young pitching. Obviously, uh, you have a terrific young pitcher in Garrett Whitlock. Thank you, Brian Cashman, for getting rid of Garrett Whitlock. But um, I think the Red Sox have a great future, and obviously with Chaim Bloom uh, taking over the organization, I think they're going to be in good hands for a lot of years. As far as the Yankees go, a lot of question marks. Uh, I heard that Anthony Rizzo would like to resign uh, with the Yankees. Right now, he's really the only notable free agent. Darren O'Day is, but he's been hurt. He's only making a million dollars. But the question is, right now in the marketplace, Rizzo's asking for about $21 million a year, which is just absurd. I think right now he's making somewhere about 13 so we'll see what happens with Rizzo. And then they got question marks in center field. They have question marks in left field. They have question marks at catcher. Do we get Gary Sanchez back? I don't want him back. But the question is, what are they going to get for some of these players? Uh, do they move Glaber? Do they keep Glaber? Uh, do they move Gio Rochelle and put uh, LeMayu at third base? So these are questions that that Brian Cashman and the organization have to answer, and we'll see what happens down the road uh, during the hot stove uh, time. So, anyway, 413-445-4234. Looks like we got a caller, so uh, we'll take our first call right here on WTBR. Good morning, caller. Who who are we we talking to? Hey, Rob, it's the dog. How are you today? Hey, what's going on? How are you, bro? What's going on? Yeah, Sean's Sean's not here, so, but... uh, so uh, are you are you excited about the World Series? <laughs> uh, actually, yes. Um, okay. You, you know, the thing is, is I saw a lot of the Astros play over in Troy. Right. And uh, in, actually, including JD Martinez too. So I, I mean, they they certainly have a good team going, but I, I think what's got to happen, I think the Astros are in a little bit of a hole. Because of their pitching, I mean, they don't have Verlander, they don't have McCullers. Who do you like, though? Who do you like in the series? Uh, uh, I would say I, I'd have to go with the Braves. Yeah, I like the Braves too. Only because of the pitching. Okay, I just like the Braves because I think they're on a roll. I really do. Yeah, and you know that Ian Anderson is from uh, the Albany area. Oh, okay. I thought he was from uh, England. I thought he played flute, you know, and hung out with the. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, that was his. That was his father. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, he's he's Ian Anderson, Anderson Junior. Okay, everybody's a junior now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for me. I think yeah, I always saw I one mean, Jewish guy that was a junior, and that was it my whole life. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that was well, George. That was George Siegel. Of, I was he was the only one. You know, so. Yeah. Well, there's only one of me, and there's only one of Sean, which. I think the world was probably thankful for. Yeah, I got a message this morning that he wasn't coming in, so I was like, "Okay, time for a solo flight. What are you going to do?" You know. So, well, but, I told him, I told him, I, I, I give, I give my baseball opinion, you know, because I haven't really followed. Um, so I got yeah, uh, football or anything yet. I got to ask you though, yeah. as, as a Yankee fan, okay, what's yeah. your plan? All right, you're going to be GM for a moment now, and I want you to. Basically, tell me what the Yankees are going to do in the offseason because I'm so mad that Cashman and Boone are back, and I, I'm like, I have smoke coming out of my ears most of the day. So, I want to ask well, you, you're general manager, so tell me what you're going to do. Okay, well, first, what I do is 
Um, I hire David Cohn as my bench coach. Ah, what about pitching coach? Well, they have they have a guy they like. So, yeah, and I like Harkey as a pitching coach. You know, he had. You know, the problem was when the year started out, Rob. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Yankee fan. I'm yeah. saying this because I'm a baseball fan. The Yankees were probably the best team on paper. Right, they paper never seems were. to count, though. So, you know, but those things happen, and it's how you deal. You know, it's how you deal with the problems afterwards. So, I, 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 I hire Boone as my bench coach, Boone or Paul O'Neill. Well, Boone is Boone. Well, Paul Neal's not coming on the broadcast booth, but but Boone is already the manager, and we have him for three years. I mean, that's it. You know, he's he's done. Yeah. I mean, so we have to suffer with Aaron Boone for another three years. But the question is, though, what do you do? I mean, you resign Rizzo. Do you do you move people? I mean, Rochelle, you got you got some issues. I mean, you got an issue at center field. I mean, Aaron Hicks always gets hurt. I don't like Aaron Hicks. I mean, he's a two thirty lifetime hitter. Okay, they go. Well, he has a high on base percentage. So what? What does that mean? Oh, he walks a lot. Does he steal a lot of bases? No. I mean, he's, he's always hurt. So, you know, that's my feeling. I mean, but anyway, you know. Well, do you know that Aaron Hicks, or excuse me, um, Jacoby Ellsbury has played more games for the Yankees than Aaron Hicks has? <laughs> I did not know that, as Johnny Carson used to say. That's that's <laughs> it, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that 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 I didn't know at all. That's fairly interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think I think. Um, as for the center field position, I think they have enough in their um, in their farm system that they can find someone, whoever it may be. They had a couple guys come up during the year. What about Esteban Florio played. playing center field? I mean, they've been talking about this kid since he's, what, 17, 18? He's been in the minors yeah. for four years. Like, give him a chance already. I do not, and I repeat, do not want to see Brett Gardner back unless he's a bench coach, okay? Well, I would, enough I would already. settle for Gardner. No! No! No, no, wait. No! Let me finish. <laughs> no! No, please. I do not want Brett Gardner back. What? So he can give me a 669 OPS, hit 220? Come on, stop. No, please stop. Think, enough already. I think he's a, a valuable player. No! <laughs> off the bench. Off the bench. I don't think he should be a full-time player. What is, what is the value of a guy who hits 220 and keeps hitting the ball to the right side into the shift, for crying out loud? Does the guy ever lay one down and get on base and just try to get on base once in a while? I just think that I, I just think that because of the way he plays. Yeah, but so what? He hits two twenty. He can't even have. He doesn't even have a seven hundred OPS. And I don't like OPS. I think it's a bunch of crap. But I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah, but, it's just you know, I, forget it. Enough. Uh, you know, on. Thank you, Brett Gardner. Thank you for all the years. You know, we'll have your day, Brett Gardner Day, and we can put a little plaque, not in, not in, not in Monument Park. We'll just give him a little. You know, we'll give him a nice. You know, farewell with you know with gifts and everything, and say thank you, Brett, for all your you know all your years as a Yankee. But you want to make him a bench coach? That's fine. I have no problem with that. If you want to yeah, put, keep I him in the or- I have no problem keeping in the organization. But please, no more. That's it. I've oh. had it. You know. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> anyway, I'll, I got to get to my I'll, next I'll call. I'll bow down to you on that one. All right. Well, thanks for the call, man. I got to get to my next caller, but thanks, brother. All right. Take care. You too. All right. That's Kevin checking in. Anyway, so four one three four four five four two three four. Um. You know, going back to the Yankees, and you know, next year it's going to be a lot of question marks. Like I said, this team's got more question marks than Frank Gorshin had on his Riddler costume. I should say Jim Carrey, since I want to keep it more of a, in a modern vein. But uh, anyway, 413-442-4234, say that fast a bunch of times. Anyway, um, yesterday, the National Football League, I always say yesterday because I mean Monday. Last night, the Saints won 13-10. What a debacle that game was. 
So I found out later on I was watching the first half, and then when I got home, um, I found out that the Saints had won. So, uh, But anyway, yesterday the New York football Giants finally win a game um, on Sunday. Now, looking at the Giant game, Daniel Jones played a good game. You know, he's actually the one who I think won the game for them. Booker, 58 yards on 13 carries. The Giants can't run the ball. This line is so bad that... I mean, it's it's almost a joke watching this offensive line. They are so bad. They are so bad they can't even defend when 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 he's rolled to the outside. Daniel Jones is rolled to the outside, and it's amazing how these guys can't block. It's incredible. But anyway, 413-445-4234. Go to our next caller right here on WTBR. Yes, you're on the air. Hello, caller. 413-445-4234. Go to our next I'm getting a delay. WTBR. <laughs> getting a delay here. Yes, you're on the air. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello? Thank you for calling Pittsfield Community Television. <laughs> WTBRFM, Pittsfield Community Radio. To participate in a television. Man, that was fun, huh? 413-445-4234. Seem to have a little problem with the phone lines right now, so we'll wait for our next caller. And uh, do that. But anyway, yesterday, the Giants finally win a game 25-3. to 5-3 to three at the half. I mean, the first drive was unbelievable. The Giants go down the field, and they get to the what? The one-yard line, and they can't score. And it should have been a touchdown. Kyle Rudolph gets a touchdown. You're thinking, oh, it's great. So his foot goes out of bounds, and the Giants line up. It's second down and goal from the one-yard line. They try one play, they can't do it. They try another play, they can't do it. They try a third play, and they can't get in. It's amazing. Okay, now we're back. It looks like our phone lines are working, so we'll give it a shot right there. Okay. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Robbie, what's happening, Hey, Robbie? what's going on, Ralph? <laughs> How are you? Well, you know, it wouldn't be your show if it wasn't um, a complaint city because that's where you're coming from. I don't blame you with the world of sports, I'll tell you that. We always have complaints. That's what makes talk radio go round. Well, if we I, all agreed on everything, we would have a terrible, terrible show. Well, you know? Yeah, well, I get I get such criticism on other stations for my opinions on the, the, the NBA, and I was telling you that the other night. I got basically lambasted on another station for my comments about the National Basketball Association. So, but uh, I, like the, I like the way you use that. You know, Ian Anderson, a great album in 1971. You know, and he, and he pitches, too. It's yeah, incredible, <laughs> really. <yeah>. My Sunday <laughs> feelings coming over me. <laughs> I'm telling you. What a sense of well, humor their parents the, have. You, you, you have the Houston Astros right in place there. You know, I thought that cheating thing was way overblown. I know they're a bunch of... I know they took advantage of uh, certain systems there in that ballpark, but that team is an impressive team, no matter how you look at it. They are, especially when they build through the draft. Now, obviously, they finished what? Lost 120 games two years in a row or something like that? Yeah. So, yeah. Which, which the Yankees haven't done. They always say, well, the Yankees are a mark of consistency, winning, you know, every year and not, you know, not having a losing record. You know what? Sometimes you got to finish at the bottom to crawl to the top, Ralph. You know, look at the Red Sox. Yeah. How many times did they finish at the bottom and went up winning the World Series, you know? And nothing was expected of this Red Sox team this year. It just goes to show you, if you have a good front office, if you draft well, if you bring in good free agents, if you, you know, look at, look at Whitlock. He was, a, you know, a guy that the Yankees basically tossed away, and, and the Red Sox got him, and he's been terrific for them. So, I mean, I, if I'm a Red Sox fan, I feel a hell of a lot better than I am as a Yankee fan right now. So that's the way I feel. So, But the Braves have been a great no, you know, story. That innovative yeah. team will take a different approach and 
try to get those players that actually play the game the right way. And just before they reach their, uh, you know, after they reach their pinnacle, they're on their way out. They get rid of them. They don't. They don't keep them around like Brett Gardner. You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who should have been gone a couple of years ago. I know, I kept saying, and this no. is nothing against the guy. You know, there's a term over the hill. When you're just a little past your prime, you know, you got to go younger in that position. Absolutely. I mean, I, one of my callers kept saying, oh, let's bring him back. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's a point of contention with oh Yankee fans. They love this guy. they oh got a, a romance with this guy. I, know, I don't get it. ridiculous. But Gary, and another thing, with the, Gary, with the Gary Sanchez thing you brought up, I was yeah. listening to you. Yeah. This guy is a lazy player you yeah. got a guy back there that never never busted to first base he never you know he doesn't you know they say there's some uh there's a, a train of thought they'll tell you well he works harder than anybody oh, I, please. I highly doubt it please he doesn't he, block balls in the dirt that's a key job for a catcher you gotta you gotta keep that ball in front of you he doesn't know how to do it, it and then suddenly he'll get a he'll get a pitch that any any five-year-old can handle <laughs> and it's and, and it gets by and you wonder what this is a lack of concentration in my mind. I know, and then he, and the funny thing is now they they've they taught him now to to play on one knee. Could you imagine Barra uh, or Johnny Bench on one knee, or even like I'm thinking of Yadier Molina in St. Louis? You know, who's been one of the best, if not the best, catcher for the last what 15 plus years in the in the major leagues. And this guy never is on one knee. They say, "Oh, this is good technique. Put him on one knee." Like, give me a break. Well, the, well, the one guy, Jerry uh, Brody Tony on Pena. one knee. <laughs> Tony Pena perfected that, but he did it sometimes, right, not, right. not all the time. Not all the time, though, right. And, uh, you know, World Series, wouldn't it be wonderful? Now, this is really whistling in the dark, because <laughs> right. I know this will, this will never happen. I got you. Can we get back to the time where you have a ball game in the daylight? Right. You know, the World, the World Series would be wonderful. We played that game with, in the glistening sunlight. Yep. It's a beautiful thing to watch. The night games is a little lackluster. Oh, to they me. suck. I mean, I remember going to high school and going to soccer practice and asking the guys what the scores we'd have. The one of the car radios on because then we bring a radio with us. So somebody would have their car. One of the coaches have their cars on, or somebody bring like a transistor radio. We keeps you know uh, up on the score of the Yankees game, and it was an afternoon uh-huh. World Series or afternoon ALCS game. I know and they start too late at night. They're too long. I mean, the pitching changes. I mean, Dave, thank God Dave Roberts is out. It just goes to show you all the money you can spend on a baseball team and not be effective. I mean, for look at the Yankees. I mean, seriously, though, I mean, it's so annoying to watch these games. They're like four hours long. It's just crazy. It really is craziness. So, I mean. Well, the, uh, the bullpen is, you know, they want a, a fresh guy that can throw 100. They <laughs> they swap one for another. They go by that same route, the entire, you know, the sixth-inning guy, the seventh-inning guy. These guys are so, and, you know, again, this is a negative call, and I sound like I'm, no, you know, no, I'm a get off my no, get off fine. my lawn, get off my lawn <laughs> kind of a guy, but but you know you got you got to get you got guys going four innings, five innings, and they're sitting in the dugout content with themselves. You know the game has gone haywire when you see that. Well, like for example, Brian Anderson. Okay, the other night Anderson was pitching well into the fourth inning, and Brian Sticker decides he's going to put a pinch hitter in for the pitcher in the fourth, and it's the fourth I don't inning. Get it. It's the fourth I know. That, inning. That, that's what prompted me. That's what prompted me to say what I just said. I remember that incident. It was ridiculous. Four and you know, it'd be different if the guy was reeling. The guy's having a hard time. The guy was sailing. I, I just I don't get it. I really don't get it at all. I mean, the fourth inning and you're switching, uh, you know, pitchers and putting a pinch hitter. And I mean, come on. 
I mean, you know what it is? I'm thinking of Earl Weaver. He used to sit there and have a nice dinner in the dugout, wait for a three-run home run. I mean, seriously, these guys are so proactive. It's like Aaron Boone can't wait to remove a pitcher from a baseball game, no matter how he's doing. I mean, I remember a couple years ago, Green's mowing him down. Here comes Adam Adovito, Mr. Zero, you know, right? He's yep. not, Frankie, he's turned himself into Frankie Brimsick and Robert Parrish, Mr. Zero, except the results aren't well, as good. Well, the great manager, you know, he used to be anyway, maybe not any longer, but yeah. the great manager would just sit there and let the great players do their thing. Right. You know, you got to put that guy in the field, put him in the best position he can he can be in, and, and just go from there. Just sit back and let things happen a little bit. This hands-on stuff. You know, you know I, I liken it to being an actor, which, I, which I've been for so many years, yeah. where the director gets heavy-handed and they say, well, you know, Romeo, why don't you do it this way? Right? Ralph, why don't you try? I say, why don't you get up here and let me sit there and you do... What I'm doing, you get in front of the camera, you get on stage, and we'll work from there. The same is to be said about these baseball managers. Leave these people alone to play the game a little bit. Right, right. Well, yeah. Well, you're, you're. I mean, you were a great actor, teacher, and director. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I was flattered when you told me, oh, you got to get in these better classes for yourself, Rob." <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you're yeah. in the you're in the class where anybody could come in. Exactly. Where it was a money grab on yeah, my exactly. part, to be honest with you. Because yeah, I know. When you start to tell people they can't come in, you know, you're losing revenue. There. <laughs> exactly. And, I, and you know, you know, I mean, I hate to be that way, but it's part of the whole the whole thing. And yeah. if anybody tells you they're not in it to make a few bucks, they're lying to you. Of I'm course. Honest. But, of course, I, I miss. But, I, uh, you know, as far as, far the as this whole thing about yeah. baseball, yeah. don't you wonder, Robbie, I'm sorry, don't you wonder um, no when problem. they say that nobody's watching the game, how do we speed it up? What are we going to do to have these young people watch the game? Those people, uh, those kids are never going to watch baseball. Those kids are rather sit in front of a computer. Right. Maybe they'll watch, a, they'll watch a basketball game where they advertise players instead of teams. You know, they say LeBron's coming to town. And the, the rest of the Lakers, it doesn't even matter. We were talking about individuals all the time. This is what these young folks like to look at. A baseball game should be about two hours, two and a half right. hours. Like it used to be, But we're right? never going back to that, Robbie. Right. You remember when we were kids, it was a baseball game was like a few hours. And I got to ask you honestly, like, like, you know, there's a new CBA next year, and I guarantee there's going to be a work stoppage. There's no doubt about it there's going to be a work stoppage because the Players Association and the owners just can't get along. And I'm thinking to myself, what could they possibly get rid of? But, I mean, they need to get rid of the shift. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is about about basketball. Because I used to love basketball, Ralph. I yep. can't stand watching the NBA now. And I got lambasted uh, by one of the hosts down at WFAN about the other night about talking about the, the NBA and why it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I don't understand. what. Can, okay, what can you and I do any better than Tom Thibodeau can do standing on the sideline watching his team take 48 shots the other night and hitting only 13? What about the possibility of actually posting, getting a guy closer to the basket? I mean, does that make sense or do I, do I sound stupid? I mean, do I sound unintelligent saying that if I'm a coach, I mean, if I had a kid when I was coaching basketball that would shoot 24 feet when you're up by 11 points, I'm going to ring him by the neck and say, sit your butt down because that's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. How about drawing contact? I used to love the motion. If you have to watch maybe the Golden State Warriors to actually see real basketball, and they take plenty of threes. I mean, they have the best three-point shooter of all time, and that's fine. I mean, I would trust Stephon Curry to take a three, but now you got seven-foot guys taking three-point shots. I mean, what's going on here? Do you, with this? do you know, Robbie, their strategy is to not take a 15-foot jumper or a 20-foot jumper? They want to go everything behind the three-point. 
O-line. That's the way they strategize before the game. And also, you know, you ask those guys down at WSAN, that's their bread and butter. They're not going to tell you anything different. They're kissing they're kissing ass down there. You don't kiss ass over here, and you tell the truth. Right, right. I'm telling you right now, this game resembles nothing like what I grew up with. I don't even recognize the game they're it's playing. Ridiculous. You know, you know something in its bare essence and the way it's supposed to be played, basketball is such a beautiful game. It's like a ballet with sneakers, right. if you will. You know? Exactly. And, and it's, not, it's not like that anymore. Can you uh, Listen to this. Can you imagine hockey where everybody just stands around at the top you know, of, the, of the ice service near the blue line and just shoots slap shots. That's it. There's no transitional yep. play. There's no play over the blue line. There's no beautiful you know, two-on-ones and three-on-ones and three-on-twos and passing plays. There's just strictly five guys standing around the perimeter of the ice surface and shooting slap shots. It would be so boring. That's what you see. Well, Rob, people yeah. are under the misapprehension that basketball used to be slow in the old days. That's really, that, nothing can be further from the truth. Go watch a game, folks, if anybody's listening that cares about this kind of thing. Go to YouTube and go watch a game from around about 1966-67. Constant motion. These guys were in great, great shape. They played about 42, 43, sometimes 48 minutes. And they just ran the court solidly throughout, and they never tired. It was a beautiful flow. It was a great game. It really was. I don't even watch anymore, Rob, because I know I'm not going to last more I than five I minutes. Can't, I can't watch. I mean, I watched the other night, and I'm like, I mean, yelling and screaming at Thibodeau, telling, telling they're winning by 11 points with three minutes left, and these guys are still chucking 24-foot shots. I'm like, what are you doing? That's all they know. What are That's they doing? They, they don't know how to play the game. You know, you can, you can go back to baseball for that, too. They don't know how to play the game. It's these so These guys ridiculous. don't play the game the same it's, way. It's, I mean, I'm watching this game the other night, watching the Knicks, and then they kill Orlando down Orlando, and last night they lose to Orlando at home, a team they should absolutely beat. But, I mean, the shot selection is so ridiculous. Like, I'm, I like Evan Fournier. He's a really good outside shooter. But he's got a whole lane to drive himself to the basket. I'm thinking of John Starks, 2-for-18, you know, in the 94 uh, playoffs when he just kept shooting outside shots, and he had a whole lane to dunk the ball. I just well, don't Current day athlete is the—he's a superior athlete, you know, physically. He he trumps these guys from the past, but he doesn't know how to play the game as well as these guys. Why don't they the post? And the other question: Why don't they post? Why doesn't a guy like R.J. Barrett learn to post? Why isn't a guy post? I don't understand. Why don't centers post? Why don't guys get the ball with their back to the basket? Look at the options. You can get a guy cutting down the lane. You can pass the ball to the weak side. You can pass the ball on the strong side. I mean, Larry Bird never stopped moving on the court under the baseline all the time. He moved underneath the baseline, came off of picks, came off of screens and shot uh, baskets and shot lights out. I mean, one of my favorite players to watch was Calvin Murphy when I was a kid or Bernard King. Nobody stopped Bernard King going on the left side. What, did, what was the average shot that Bernard King took? Ten feet, fifteen feet, maybe. You just mentioned you just mentioned a guy that was unstoppable. Loved him when you when he got his big fat rear end and legs into the guy. <laughs> and he, he, that I mean, that was his whole game. That was Adrian Dantley's game. Yeah, it, was, right, it, was, it was posting. Similar. They, these guys were real, and they posted these guys. They backed them in, and they, they were unstoppable. Charles you know, I Barkley mentioned Larry Bird. Yep. I mentioned Larry Bird yep. to a to a host down that that station we met we mentioned before, and I said, "Here's the greatest player that ever played the game, Larry Bird. He's a white boy." And he said, "Yeah, he started laughing. It was it was Jr. You know, yeah, down yeah, there oh, yeah, down yeah, the yeah, dial." Yeah, yeah, and I said, yeah. "He's the great. He was he was out of the womb, uh, destined to be a, a great basketball player." You can talk about these guys, great athletes, better athletes, but Larry Bird to me 
saw the court better than anybody. Agreed. Was superior in every basketball aspect, uh, more so than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, his it was almost like Wayne Gretzky had eyes behind his head. Like, he, could, he knew exactly. He almost thought ahead of everything that was going on. Yeah, yep. he was an amazing player. And he was a great, and he was an underrated defensive player. He was a great rebounder. And he was one of, watching he and Walton and Tiny and DJ was, and I hate the Celtics, was beautiful to watch. Those three guys passing the basketball. It was a beautiful thing when Kareem had the boy, couldn't take the skyhook. What did he do? Had a cutter to the basket. When did you ever see guys cut to the basket? They're all standing uh, around in a semicircle. Three guys are standing around going, what do I do now, coach? What the hell do I now do now, coach? I can't well, figure they, this they out, They should coach. look at old footage of Bill Bradley. Right. Non, non-stop motion. I mean, you know, here's a guy who was physically nothing compared to these guys. You know, they look like accountants oh, that right. happen to be 6'8". You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, politicians. They, don't, they don't look like, you know, these guys are not built. They don't, you know, I, I think back to... Uh, Bradley and DeBusher. I guess DeBusher was a little stocky, but these guys were built like normal people aside right. from their height, you know, and, and but they knew how to play the game. That that 69 team, the 73 team was great too, but that 69 team especially, there's been nothing like it in basketball for 51, 52 years Those now. guys sure really, the Yep. I saw the 73 team. I remember them real well, and I loved Dean the Dream Meminger, and it was a great, you know. And uh, Jerry Lucas would come off the bench. They used to call it the Jerry Lucas bomb. That's about as far a shot as you saw was Jerry Lucas shooting the ball. Hey, hey, hey Rob, yeah. he used to shoot. I'm not even kidding. He yeah. used to shoot from 33 feet, oh, yeah, 34 feet. No. Well, this wasn't, this wasn't 25-foot jumpers. Yeah. These were 30-some-odd-foot these were jumpers. Yes, we used to call the Jerry Lucas bomb. Remember the Jerry Lucas bomb they used to call it? I mean, guys like Holtzman, Daly... I mean, you know, you can think about all the coaches I watched growing up, Billy Cunningham, Dr. Jack Ramsey. Um, you know, there's all these guys growing up uh, that I watched, and these guys are probably shaking their heads. And here's the thing that bothers me. You get all these commentators, I, and I have a deep respect. I love Clyde, and I love Bre- I love Breeny. Breeny just got into the Announcers Hall of Fame, and I'm happy for him. He's a great guy. Started out as a fan and, you know, has worked his way up. But they never criticize. They never say, that's a nope. dumb shot. That's a stupid shot. Why are you shooting from 24 feet when you're up by 11 points? Just want to hear more of the reaction. You know, and the only guy that I've seen that I've read about who really has a problem with the NBA is Dennis Rodman. He's the only one who seems to criticize yeah. it. He's the only yeah. one who said, why are these guys taking 50-foot shots? So, you know, the worm is a strange character. We all know that. I mean, you know, foreign dignitaries and hanging out with all these crazy people. Yeah. But, you know, but, yeah. but he's got a point, though. He's one of the only people that actually has a point to the game. And, and I also heard that Gary Sheffield doesn't watch baseball anymore because he finds it ridiculous when you have all these pitching changes and the guys that can't hit the other way. And the, the strikeouts, by the way, Ralph, are just... Yeah, total garbage. I, I mean, strikeout after strikeout after. It drives me nuts. I mean, nobody can play, put the but ball in play. This has to be know? an orchestrated. This has to be an orchestrated effort from the from the bottom up. You know, you get these guys in the big leagues. This is the way they've been playing the game for years. They're not right. going to you know suddenly change. You know, you have exactly. to have an organization who said. You know, Nolan Ryan actually tried to do this in Texas for a short time. Right. I don't think it, it succeeded to a great extent, but he tried to go. Uh, you know, uh, old the old way of playing the game for a while. And that's what what it's going to take for some organization to take the bull by its horns and just change the way the organization looks at the game of baseball. But, I mean, how how likely is that to happen? I don't know. Forget it. And um, the thing is, the other thing is that, um, you know, Yesterday, the Jets, how bad are the Jets? Oh, my God, Ralph. I don't watch it. I have no oh idea God. what happened. 50, what happened? 54-13, they lost to New England. 54-13, ah. to 13, just end this season. 
Uh, anyway, man, I'm well, going to take you know, a break. The, the, Jets, the yeah. Jets have to be, you know, in New York, you're seeing some bad, you know, some bad teams, kind of. I mean, teams are in contention. The, the Mets, Jets are The so Mets were bad. terrible, but, you know, they were there aside from two months at the end. But, oh, yeah. You know, but, but you know, you know, with the way things are going now with um, COVID and the whole work, oh, yeah. the sports sports hasn't come back. Not, not really. I mean, I, I didn't even entertain the thought of going to a baseball game just because of the way things are. You know, you spend two hundred dollars on seats, and then you'll spend twenty dollars on two hot dogs and two sodas. So, anyway, yeah, I got to take yeah. a break. But uh, man, thanks for the time, brother. Appreciate. It. Tell me, tell me when your next yeah, you show can... is by, on. By the way, you can hear Ralph Romeo on yeah, WPAT. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Tonight we, we tonight I'm on the air eight o'clock uh, on WPAT nine thirty a.m. You can listen live right there on your computer or your radio nine thirty on the a.m. dial. I'm on eight o'clock, and then fr- eight o'clock every day this week, and then Friday I'll be on at four p.m. Yeah, I'd like all, to catch the four o'clock show. Eastern time. Eastern yeah. time. Awesome. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, thanks buddy. For t- thanks, buddy. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. God bless. Okay. Bye. All right. That's Ralph checking in right now. Four one three four 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 five four two three four right here on WTBR Sports Talk. We're a little late for the break, so we're going to take this time out for a couple of words, and then we'll be back with more WTBR Sports Talk. Press the music button. WTBR. WTBR FM is listener supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445 4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR After Hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast. Hey, this is Dave Cachet, the archivist of the WTBR-FM Vinyl Library. Tune in Saturday mornings at 9 for Random Draw, a trip through the vinyl archives of WTBR. I'll take you back in time to when these records were brand new. Each week, I'm going to pick a random spot in the vast record library of WTBR and pull out a bunch of great vinyl to play for you. That's right, an hour's worth of random songs with that rich vinyl sound just the way you remember them. That's Random Draw, every Saturday morning at 9, only on WTBR. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Pershing County's only rock station, 89.7 89.7 WTBRFM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Larry Krepke here from Nothing But Old 45s, inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music I've ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Klein, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Sweet Country Music.
Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. It's a revolution! Yeah, baby! Yeah! 89.7 WTBR-FM. Pittsfield. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on a beautiful day in Pittsfield. It's getting a little nicer out. It was raining the last couple days, so... Anyway, 413-424-445-4234. Got another call on the air. All right, here we go. All right, call, you're on the air. Who am I talking with? Oh, somebody's gone. All right, we'll, we'll try back again. Well, I'll tell you, we have some phone issues today. Not really. It's just my hand reaching towards the phone. Anyway, 413-445-4234. Thanks to Ralph Romeo for checking in for a couple minutes. Ralph has a great show, by the way. And uh, I just want to tell you, some of the shows that I play in the promos, this is a great station not only to uh, actually be here and work here, but they have some great shows. I listen to the jazz show. uh, The country show is great. Um, the Beatles Forever is a fantastic show, which is on in the afternoon. I check out when I come home. And uh, there's just a lot of great programming here at WTBR. And if you are interested in coming down to WTBR and contributing, either financially or actually having a show, please stop down. And the staff is great. You can talk to anybody here, Jeff and Sean. And, and Matt's awesome. And uh, it's a really great place to come down and uh, check out. And by the way, the, um, the, the show with all the record albums, it's amazing. The random draw. up oh, looks like we got a caller again. So let's see how it works this time. Okay. Hello, you're on WTBR. Hello, caller. Are you Hello. there? Hello? Hey, Robbie, it's Sean. You're hey, how are you, man? What's going? How you feeling, brother? How's your dad? He's on the mend. He's doing okay. Good, man. I miss you. It's, it's, it's usually fun having you here. You know, it's great having you here. But anyway, how am I doing? All right? <laughs> yeah, you're doing, you're doing great. You had a couple good callers there. You know? Yeah, I, I, I try, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's great. But, uh, you know, it's funny because when I was doing music radio for all the years instead of talk radio, it was like music radio, you know, that's easy, you know. And to try to carry an hour and let alone two hours, I used to carry, what, about two or three hours just doing talk and sometimes and mostly mostly music like for three or four hour show, which was fine because you take a break, you put a tune on, you, you intro some stuff, you talk about, you know, the music or whatever, you talk about the weather, you talk about the, you know, the commercials or whatever you're doing. So, but anyway, yeah, I got to get your thoughts. Um, well, first of all, on the Red Sox season, I, I think it was a very successful season, uh, Sean, and I think you have nothing but positive things to look at. The only thing I would do is I would not bring back Adam Adovito. That's about it. Now you got to sign Erod. I know Erod's a free agent after coming off of a terrible, terrible illness. And look, he wasn't great this year, but he did pitch well in the playoffs. So I'll get your thoughts on that. Adovino back for anything more than maybe a one-year, $1 million deal. You know, I heard what you were saying. He's 36 years old, made $7.5 million this year. Um, and just, I, I, uh, I think the Red Sox, they totally overachieved and had, a, and had a year that I don't think anybody expected them to have. No, not at all. 92 wins and within two wins of the World Series. I, I, I said to my father in spring training, I said, I think this team has a chance to be sneaky good. So I think they got. I don't think they're going to win the World Series, but I think they have a 
chance to be sneaky good, and that's what they were this year. They were sneaky good. Well, I think that when you look at the starting staff next year, if Sale can come back and be anything like he used to be, because let's face it, he was terrible, all right? He was, he was not good. And coming off of COVID and coming off a year which he didn't pitch, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, if you get Sale back to where he's Sale, and then you get Erod, and then you got... Uh, you know, the young pitchers, Hauk is terrific. I mean, I think Hauk is just dynamite. And then, obviously, the other kid, I don't know if they're going to make him a starter, but he pitched really well in the playoffs, too. I'm trying to remember his name, and all of a sudden it escapes me. Garrett but, Whitlock. No, 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 the kid who started. In the, in the kid the, who started. Yeah, the kid who started besides Hauk. Besides Hauk, the other kid. Oh, there's Pavetta. Pavetta, that's it. I couldn't remember. Pavetta. He's, so, Pavetta. He's, he's Jack. Hide. Well, yeah, right. That's the question. Do you, right. The question is, do you use him in short relief or do you start him? I, I mean, that's going to be something that they're going to have to decide. But and then, of course, you know, you get you get Evaldi back. Let's face it, Evaldi was tremendous the other night, and you could have even left him in, but they took him out at that time. But what I noticed, He's just, his his health has always been the big question with him, and he actually stayed healthy this year. And you're right, they pulled him after four and a third innings, which I didn't understand. He was pitching fine. Oh my God! They, the, 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 they, they went. They went. 10 for their last 90 to end the series. They did After not make any... Okay. Gangbusters yeah. on them before. It. Right. They did make any adjustments. First of all, I never would have started Hunter Renfro in, in Game 6. There's no way I'm starting a guy who's hitting as poorly as his. And the other thing that I could not believe, what is the fascination with Travis Shaw? Two guys on, one out, late innings. You got, you got, Vasquez has got to come up and hit. I mean, he guy is so clutch. He's been there all the time clutch for those guys. And I couldn't believe that he pinched it after. I would have had Christian Vasquez hitting, and there's no way I'm bringing up Travis Shaw. Here's the reason why. It's very simple. Travis Shaw hits 200. Travis Shaw strikes out, which he did. And most of the time, Vasquez, you know, in a situation where he's got to have a hit, he makes contact. And that's what you want. You want the guy to make contact at that point. You know what I'm saying? So, and also, too. Yep. Besides Kike Hernandez this year, Vasquez has been our, our most clutch postseason right. the last right. three years we've been in the postseason, so I totally agree. Travis Shaw was hitting 196 when Milwaukee released him. Right. So that's the thing. You can make a case for that. Boston. He had a couple hits early on. He had a, a, a home run to win a game, but other than that, he didn't do anything. You could certainly make a case for that. Absolutely. I could not. I was shocked. I'm like, where in the heck is Chavez? I was like shocked that they put Shaw up. And the thing is, and then he sends Verdugo. What are you doing? Why are you sending Verdugo? My God, what in the world? It was a great throw, though. You got to admit, that was some throw by Maldonado. But what in the world is, 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 is Cora doing? You took yourself out of hey, the inning. I got to bring something up to you. Yeah. How about that? Was Mike Evans... You know, handing that ball to the fan in the stands, did he know that that was Brady's 600 touchdown? <laughs> yeah, I heard all the I heard all the fanfare yesterday. The guy got a thousand dollars and an, an autographed T-shirt. Two years of season tickets and Brady <laughs> last night was on the Manning cast. You're running that football and said he gave the guy a Bitcoin. Oh my goodness gracious! You know, so the guy made up pretty well. I Speaking of Brady, I mean, I called two touchdowns yesterday. It's second and seven. The Bears break up the play. I'm like, that's okay. Third and seven, he'll throw a touchdown. Bang, touchdown. Next drive down the field, second and seven. Bears break up the play. That's okay. He'll throw a touchdown. Bang, right in the end zone. This guy is remarkable. I mean, he really is. But nobody goes after him. Like I said, that's what makes the Giants Super Bowl to me so special as a Giant fan because they got to this guy. Nobody gets in his face. Nobody goes after him. I mean, he gets rid of the ball so quickly, you have a hard time doing it. But it's like... It's it's just well, it's well, remarkable. It's remarkable. That's all I can say. I know, and that's what I told you. Should, right, exactly. That's what he said. He should, <laughs> should be like so pig pen. Should be like pig pen. You know, from from peanuts. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I heard oh. your I heard your Jets comment too. And, oh my God! Uh, you know, a 
I'll do my weekly Bill Belichick. They asked him, uh, how come you ran up the score? He goes, oh, my job's not to stop Jets. I mean, and Brian Hoyer's in there. against them since 2015, so he just likes to just bludgeon them. Brian Hoyer is in there, you know, throwing touchdown passes or running up the score up 30 points, but how bad is this staff on the Jets? I mean, you had two weeks to prepare. Robert Sala, first of all, Robert Sala looks like the front of the Ajax guy. I mean, not Ajax, uh, Mr. Clean. He looks like Mr. Clean without the earrings. I mean, honestly, I don't... <laughs> That's a great analogy. I love that. That's great. I mean... Yeah. I mean, honestly, what does the what does the guy do? I mean, what do they do? They have a rookie coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie defensive coordinator, a rookie quarterback, and then they bring in Mike White, who I have no idea who Mike White is. And Mike White throws an interception and a touchdown. They get beat fifty-four to thirteen. I mean, Joe Douglas, two drafts. Okay, I wanted Mackay Becton. I did want him on the Giants. Okay, he's hurt. But the rest of these two drafts, what are the Jets? I mean, are the Jets this bad that they can let a team like the Patriots come in in two of four, run up the score to 54 points? Kendrick Bourne, one of our wide receivers, threw a touchdown pass to to Nelson Aguilar's first career passing attempt in the NFL. He would have been better off being behind center. 54 points against the... It's com- they, I mean, they are comical, the Jets, no matter who they bring in. And, what's gonna, and, you, and, you know, I like Zach Wilson. I think he can be an effective quarterback. But the guy's got to just, you know, you have to put a guy in a position to win. This is why I told you how much I love Mac Jones. I mean, when you're a 4.0 grade point average down in Alabama, you're a pretty smart guy. When you're teaching Cam Newton the offense, okay, and when you are put in a position to win, this is, I mean, let's be honest. They should have beaten the Dallas Cowboys, and they should have beaten Tampa Bay if it wasn't for a couple of bad decisions and a couple of really, what I thought, poor calls by McDaniels. They had a chance to beat those two teams, so I told you that they're going to get better during the season. And you know what? They they might be a, a wild card team. They really should, could be. And could you believe, could you believe? Yeah, go ahead. I know. I know. It's very reminiscent of the 2002 season with the Brady's first season starting in the league. Right. There was a lot of screen passes, a lot of checkdowns, you know, a lot of running. You know, that Damian Harris has come out as a legit number one running back. He's a great running back. For Madre Stevenson, who barely plays, but they're doing, they're they're running the ball a lot, and I I think their defense is starting to play a lot better. So I think they're going to, you know, they got a tough game coming up against the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I'll be rooting for so. Yeah, I'll be rooting for my Chargers, my other team, and my other team, thank God, has a winning record. But, you know, it's just amazing watching how putrid the Jets are year after year. And if I'm C.J. Mosley, I'm asking for a trade. I mean, I'm not sticking around. Forget it. The trade deadline, you know, I'd love to see the Giants get him. I mean, that would be great because the Giant linebackers, to me, are horrible. And, uh, you know, Daniel Jones played a good game yesterday. That catch that he made. I mean, finally, where is this play? You know, uh, where's why is, why is Garrett waiting like six weeks to pull out this play, this gadget play, which he pulled out, in which, you know, Jones makes a catch with one hand and pulls it in. And then uh, the, the line is so bad, though. The offensive line without Andrew Thomas is so bad. It's because he's the clapper. <laughs> hey, and, uh, you know. Uh, it's so bad, the line. Speaking of the Giants game, I guess. Uh, Sam Darnold, I guess the change of location and getting rid of Adam Gates didn't matter. I guess he's oh, he was terrible yesterday. He was terrible. Well, there's no Christian McCaffrey. Let's face it, okay? The line was really bad. I couldn't believe how bad Carolina's line was. And I like Coach Rule, but I cannot believe how bad the Carolina line was. And also, too, I mean, guys were dropping balls. But, I mean, without Christian McCaffrey, and he was terrible, Darnold. He's missing guys all over the place. The interception by, by Bradbury, I mean, where was he throwing this ball to? I have no idea. 
and he was just terrible. And they benched him yesterday. And of course, they asked Coach Rule after the game who's going to start next week, and he's like, "Well, Darnold's still my guy." Blah blah blah. This organization in Carolina really believes that this guy is the answer to their future. I don't know, Sean. I'm a little confused. I mean, I really am. But uh, you know, it's it's amazing quarterback play in the NFL. How about oh my God? How about Tampa Bay? Have you seen their schedule? I mean, it's amazing how, how Brady just picks a Mickey Mouse schedule, every, every Mickey Mouse uh, division to play in. I mean, I, you know, Carolina's not that good. We know that. Atlanta's not that good, although Smith's doing a pretty good job. And, you know, the Saints won last night 13-10 to 10 on a field goal. It's like, you know, they should have. it's not that good a division. Fumbled the ball. They should have, yeah, that was. It's not that good a division, and here's Tampa Bay sitting. It's, look at Tampa Bay's schedule. You know what they have coming up to play? The Giants, the Jets, twice against New Orleans, twice against Carolina. I don't get this. The Giants have a harder schedule finishing where they finished, and the, and the Patriots, oh, it's Patriots. The, the Bucks win the Super Bowl, and they have a Mickey Mouse schedule. I mean, I don't get it. What's going on here with the NFL? It used to be a team that won the Super Bowl, had the toughest schedule. The Giants' schedule is like the worst in the NFL. That's amazing to me. I have Brady fatigue. I really do. Oh, so that's funny that a Patriot fan has Brady fatigue. I've had Brady fatigue for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it, really, it, really, it really peeves me when Gronk went down there, you know? That, yeah, I know. You know. I'm coming out of retirement yeah. to play with Brady in Tampa Bay. Oh, 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 good for you. It's like what they do in the oh. NBA, you know? It's like, hey, I'm going to play with my buddy in this town. Oh, it drives me crazy. So. By the way, I, I heard your NBA conversation with Ralph, too, and I am going to go on YouTube and watch a game from that era, but uh, I haven't watched a single second of a single Celtic. Yeah, I want you. I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts on that. I read the stats and I see like uh, eleven for fifty-six from three-point line. I'm like, oh, that's 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 cool. You know, that's great. No, these games, it's the James Harden, the isolation. I I I get sick and tired of it. It's just it's unwatchable. You know, it's amazing that you feel that I the way I do because. And there's a few people who feel that way. Obviously, Ralph, older people feel that way. Older generational people feel that way. I, you know what it is? You have to go watch the Golden State Warriors if you want to watch passing. I mean, there is no passing. And I'm on the other night with Sal Licata, who's the uh, overnight host at WFAN. I, I got lit you up, and I thought you sent me that link. He lit you up, and I thought he was wrong. Well, the thing is, well, about the NBA? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I got lit up the other night uh, uh, with another host, and I'm talking about, you know, she says to me, hi, I'm Robbie. I hate the NBA. I hate the three-pointers. This team, you know, the league sucks, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there going, wait a second. What makes Tom Thibodeau or any NBA coach better than you or I standing on the sideline watching these guys chuck 24, you know, foot shots and not making them? I mean, did anybody head fake and drive to the basket and draw a foul? The Knicks the other night against Orlando, 17 of 25. Okay, they hit, uh, so they missed eight foul shots. If you got in there, instead of taking 48 shots from three-point line, if you took half the shots inside, you might have been able to score and get to the line more often or even just score inside and get more points. It just makes no sense to me. How does shooting 48 shots from 24 feet make any sense to you? I, I just, I don't get it. I'll never get it. I know, I, I get it. It's the analytics. It says, it's the mathematics. Well, if I shoot 48 shots from three-point land, I'm going to get more points out of it. It's just, you know, if they, like the other night, they said, oh, the Knicks had 24 threes. Well, you know, big whoopee doo. I mean, is that, is that going to happen every night where they hit 24 three-point shots? It's well, just, the last it's, time the Celtics were relevant, it was when LeBron James won, finally won a title for that that city needed desperately. I'm not a LeBron James fan, but it got down to Game Seven at home, and the Celtics missed 37 three-point shots. I'm pretty sure it was. Now, who all was they did was jack up three-pointers. And like the, the previous few games before that, they were actually driving, 
driving through the lane, driving to the basket, and then all of a sudden, just, oh, let's just shoot three-pointers. I, I asked the same question to, to Ralph. Why don't guys post anymore? I mean, Al Horford, doesn't Al Horford post? Al Horford he posts, time. right? Al Horford posts, right? I mean, it's so frustrating to watch when you look at the guys and you see a whole lane. I mean, there's an entire lane to drive to the basket, and these guys are shooting threes. And I'm going, what are they doing? And I'm thinking to myself, like I said to Ralph, I'm like, I don't understand. What what does an NBA coach do? What does he draw up as a play? What does he do? What does he do on the sideline? He, stand, he, he stands there and claps like Jason Garrett, except he wears a, a, a <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. Robbie. What do they do, honestly? It's just ridiculous. 413-445-4234 right here on WTBR Sports Talk 89.7. I'm on with my buddy Sean Cronin who's uh, at home today. So how's your pop, all right? He's doing okay? Doing much better than he Good. was earlier. Good to hear. It's sending my best, yeah. So, But, yeah, it's ridiculous. I got to get your thoughts, though, too, on uh, uh, you know the, the World Series. Who do you like? What do you think? What's going on? Are you going to watch it all? I know you're oh, in for Atlanta, so... Kevin said, you know, I like Dusty Baker, and he's one of the old school guys. I'd like to see him win a World Series, but not with an Astros. <laughs> exactly right. I grew up in North Carolina watching the Braves because we had TBS, right. WGN, and right. all we had down there was Braves and White Sox and yep. Cubs. And, uh, Chip Carey. I, I like Atlanta. Freddie Freeman, man, I'd love to see him get a ring. Uh, they, they overcame losing, you know, uh, Ozuna to domestic violence. Oh, terrible. He's a, you know, he's, I'm not going to say anything other than I, I don't like that guy at all. Yeah, we know. They lose Acuna Jr., who I think is one of the rising stars of the game. Oh, I agree. They lose two huge offensive threats, and they make it. And their pitching staff, and I like your um, Ian Kennedy, Jethro Toll. Oh, uh, Ian Anderson. Was, was, Ian Anderson, Anderson great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like their pitching. I think Charlie Morton's a stud. I, I think they got the better... You know, and I don't. But there's a, a pitcher from the Astros, Garcia, the rookie starter, who just this is like Lee, Louis Tiak Jr. Yeah, I loved it. I found him really, really annoying, probably because he had that Houston star on us. I, I don't like the Astros at all. No, neither do I. I, I mean, like, look what I they did like to the league. Astros. None of those guys got like suspended Korea. either. I don't like Altuve. I just don't like that team. Yeah, it's hard I to like. It's hard to like that team. Braves and six is my prediction. Okay. Yeah, I like I like the Braves to win because I just think they're on fire. But where was Brian Cashman in 2017 when Tucker was available? Right? I mean, they drafted Tucker in 2017. He hits a home run. How in the world is Adam Adovito on that mound in the ninth inning? How in the world? I thought Cora managed terribly the last few games. I really do. But you know, with the Chavez thing, huh? Mr. Frisbees. And I like and, and I like Cora, but he was terrible. I thought. I mean, why would you start hunting? Like we talked about last week, I think uh, yeah. some of those decisions came from upstairs. I don't think he was making all the decisions in, that, in those last couple games. Right. So the only guy you have to sign is Erod. I'm looking at free agents. Adovito making seven million, and uh, Erod's making eight million, and that's about it. The Yankees. Oh, I've, only, I've, been, yeah. I've, I've been reading a lot of things about Erod's current situation. He's a free agent, and. You know, some people are saying, well, he could he could sign a three, four-year deal. And other people are saying, well, he could sign a one-year prove-a-contract. I'd get, on the Red Sox, I, I offer him a one-year deal, you know, where, I don't know, what's the... Why would you even, why would you even want him back? 19 million, I'd give why him would you even want him back? I'd even offer him the qualifying offer. 
But why would you even want him back? The guy's got a 4-4-1 ERA this season. He's terrible. He comes into situations. You got you to pray that he doesn't give up big hits. He's terrible. That's why the Yankees got rid of him. He was so bad in the playoffs. The Yankees said, finally, enough with this guy. Let's get rid of him. He's terrible. Huh? Erod, though. Huh? Erod, though. No, not, oh, you're talking about Erod. That's I'd fine. Him, I'd offer him the qualifying offer. And if, and if he signs somewhere else, you get a draft pick. I mean, right, exactly, yeah. But, but you guys were also talking about uh, the work stoppage. They said that, that December 2nd, there is definitely, I saw an MLB network last night, definitely going to be a work stoppage. And that is just so depressing as much of a diehard baseball fan as you and I both are. You know, it's just it's terrible for the game. It's terrible for trying to attract attention to younger people. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think the I think the you know the whole situation with Manfred and 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 the, and the players' association, I just think is ridiculous. And you know, they need to bring baseball back immediately. I mean, the fans have put up with enough of this. You know, the fans will come back, but I think the fans ought to stop coming back after a while because it's just getting. And Tony Clark's been there for a while as president of the Baseball uh, Players Association, and they just got to get their thing together. I mean, I'm just sick and tired of it. You know, and one of the things I think what the big clause is is getting rookie players and guys that are one, number one draft picks the same type of money that NFL guys get and NBA guys get. You know, guys coming out of college, obviously, and. You know, the NHL doesn't do that. I mean, the NHL very rarely, you know, the Sidney Crosby's of the world and those type of players, you know, are dime, you know, they're not a dime a dozen. You know, they come out and, you know, once in a while. So, yeah, well, just, it's ridiculous. I heard, I, yeah. I just heard the other day that the, that the uh, Major League Baseball is now going to offer minor league players uh, housing. I'm like, oh, that's nice. We'll probably put them in these crummy uh, <laughs> dormitories, bedroom apartments or, you know, slum, slum bag hotels, you know, things like that. Like, you're, you're 100% right. Like, Mac Jones got a $15 million guaranteed deal. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. And I think that's the big bargaining chip right now uh, with the Major League Baseball Players Association and the ownership. So, But it's just getting ridiculous. Every time there's a CBA, a new CBA, there's always these issues. There's work stoppages. And you know, for the fans and certainly for the game, and just you know, and just overall, they really need to get something done. I'm sorry, I, this idea of a work stoppage again is just ridiculous, especially with the COVID situation <laughs> last year and everything that happened. It's BS. It really is, man. I, I can't take it anymore. So, but uh, Rob Manfred is the Rob Manfred's the worst commissioner in sports. Tony Clark's way and above his head. He has no clue what the heck he's doing. Anything so, that surprises you? Don't yeah. trust the owners. The owners don't trust the players. So it's, it's right. going to be an ugly situation when it gets there. Anything that surprised you in the NFL yesterday as far as a lot of blowouts, huh? A lot of blowouts. Goodness gracious. What is going on with the Chiefs? You know, it's it's a there's a defensive injuries. They have defensive injuries. Um I'm not sure what's going on with their line, but I'll find out on Monday night because they play the Giants, and I obviously the Giants can score some points. The question is Giants can stop Mahomes. But you know, the Giant defense played well yesterday. Look, they didn't play against a great team, but they did play well. They tackled well, uh, they you know, cut the edge well. I thought the defensive secondary played well because the line played better. I mean, your secondary can only be as good as your as your defensive line. I thought that Aziz Ojalari played well. I thought that Williams played well. I mean, I, they you know. Hopefully they can get their thing together, these guys, because they've been really bad this season. Maybe, you know, blitz more, make a few adjustments, but I thought they played well overall, so that's a good thing. I mean, you'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I can't take any more of Sergeant Hulka. The guy drives me crazy, whether they win or lose. Sergeant Hulka bothers me. <laughs> Sergeant Hulka, I call I call Joe Judge Sergeant Hulka now. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Joe Judge. Yeah, okay, that's good, yeah. Anyway, and, uh, so... You know, uh, I, I was, uh, I thought, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland winning that game without Baker Mayfield and pretty much without their entire offensive line yeah. was pretty impressive yeah. the other night. So if they get him back healthy, that's going to 
Definitely. Anyway, I got to run, man. Hopefully, I'll see you next week. Give my best to your dad, and uh, we should get some barbecue and talk to those guys down there and uh, have a little fun. So, all right, Sean, talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Stop. All right, let me watch some football this weekend. All right, all right, pal. I got you. Okay, bye. All right, that was my partner in crime there, Sean Cronin, checking in. Anyway, four one three four four five four two three four. Wrapping up this another episode, as I say, of WTBR Sports Talk. We'll be back next Tuesday. Hopefully, Sean will be in studio. Thanks for the calls. Thanks to Ralph Romeo for calling, and uh, thanks for everybody for listening. We'll see you next week, and uh, till then, stay well and stay safe, and we'll see you soon right here on WTBR Sports Talk. See you guys. WTBR-FM, Pittsfield, Massachusetts.